Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about the art of living an awesome life. We talk about preparedness, self-reliance, and learning to be unapologetically you in this chaotic and incredible world we live in today. My name is Jeff, your host. I am a veteran, an academic, an emergency preparedness guru, and we issue weekly episodes, usually on Mondays, about a various different topics. Join us, hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Come visit us on the web at www.preparednesslabs.ca, and let's get to it. All right, welcome to our first episode in the new series called A Prepared Life. This is entitled Unapologetically You. The idea behind this episode is to put you at the forefront, you as an awesome, incredible individual, number one in your life. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things today, and we're going to link preparedness to you as a human being as an individual in the middle of this chaotic and tumultuous time that we all have the pleasure of being in the middle of and acknowledging the fact that, you know what, we're not doing this alone, but we'd be pretty well better be in charge of the individual who is in front of me every morning in the mirror. Otherwise, this is going to be a long and difficult struggle. So the first aspect that we want to address is you. So preparedness is about your whole of life. We have said since the beginning of this podcast, the most important question that we ask people in the emergency preparedness community, uh, new clients of mine, when I give public speeches, whatever it may be, the same question comes out at the forefront. Who is responsible for your outcomes? And that is basically meaning, who do you hold responsible for the success or failure of your execution of tasks or your ability to meet or uh, get through an obstacle that is presented in front of you. Now, sometimes this is misconstrued as supporting the lone wolf methodology, i.e., I am responsible for my own outcomes. That means I'm on my own. Nobody's coming to help. And now I have to completely do everything on my own and I need to become a lone wolf. That's not the reason we say it. The reason we say it is because the number one problem that people fall into in today's modern society is the ideology of victimology in that I can't be what I want to be. I can't pursue the dreams in my life. I can't live the way that I want to because of some external source that I can't control. In other words, I am a victim of somebody else's actions or decision, and that therefore prevents me from doing what I want. So you're saying that an outside external force is in control of your life. And the benefit of doing that, and what a lot of people wrap their heads around that, is that it's an excuse. It means I'm a great person, and look, I would have this awesome, incredible life if just this circumstance didn't exist. And we live in a society where we validate that. We validate it, we back it up, we support people that have all these series of issues, but we don't actually help them work through the issue and capitalize on it and champion it and get over or through the obstacle. As Ryan Holiday says in his famous book, The Obstacle is the Way, what we find in obstacles that are presented in front of us is they actually help inform us and they help us get to where we're going. So the idea being is 
we ask this question because if you're going to blame everything on somebody other than yourself, you're going to come up with an excuse that allows you to never pursue that. And if you wish to do that, yeah, that's great. That's perfectly well within your choices. Understand though, that you're never going to reach the ranks of a prepared individual by transferring blame and responsibility, good or bad, to outcomes to somebody external. And this is a significant lesson I myself have just learned, you know, really in the last two to three years of my life, and I, and I turned 50 later this month, is that I need to stop apologizing for who I am. I am who I am, built through a whole series of incredibly good and incredibly horrible life experiences. I am who I am and what I represent, I should never have to stand up and apologize for. I have the ability to reinvent my life. And my whole focus on this and this preparedness and the, and the key behind today's message is that you don't fit in. Your job is not to conform with society norms and expectations and fit into a pretty little box that somebody painted for you. Your life is up to you. Your strategy that you employ to reach the goals that you set are your choice. And that's why we here at Preparedness Labs Incorporated and Inside My Canoe Head, when we teach people emergency preparedness, household or individual emergency preparedness, we talk about them building a plan. I don't have a PDF list of things for people to buy. I don't have a PDF list of resources or skill sets to get. That would be absolutely ridiculous. What I do is I sit down with individuals and we talk about their goals, their aspirations, where they want to go, what kind of life that they want to lead. It's kind of like when you sit down with an investment planner, they don't ask you what stock portfolio you want. They ask you, what are your goals in life? Where do you want to be? What do you want to be able to do? What's your vision in 30 years? And then they sit down and try to match a market package of services or, or, or instruments that they offer that will likely and probably reach that goal you have set. And we do the same thing in emergency preparedness. So the industry is full of people out there who will tell you the top 10 things preppers should buy. I mean, just look on YouTube. Those type of videos are everywhere. I debunk all of that. I think it's junk. So what I'm trying to tell you here is that you in charge of your life, you are responsible for living the way you want to and don't fall into societal norms. Our parents all had wonderful wishes for us. That doesn't mean that's what you should do. Your family may be all university educated. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be an electrician. Your family may be doctors and lawyers, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a private soldier in the infantry for your country. The whole point of this is that you've got one shot at this life. You've decided to become responsible for your outcomes. You're a prepared individual, but you also have to realize that, you know, sitting around and building a bunker mentality in your house and preparing for the really bad days is a horrible way to live your life. It is an utterly ridiculous way and it will cause on its own significant mental health injuries if you isolate yourself and you concentrate simply on a negative probable outcome that you expect. No, we here at Inside My Canoe Head, I want you to go out and live an incredible, awesome unquestionably amazing life but you need to do it with a sense of 
preparedness. And we've all started this life, like I said before, we, we try to appease our parents or we live a life that keeps up with the Joneses. And when you join the preparedness community, you see the Joneses. You see people with these massive prepper pantries and these people with, you know, two years of supplies. And you decide I'm going to go into $8,000 in credit card debt because I need to build up my prepper pantry right now. Because according to the seven people that I follow on YouTube, we're about to have a massive economic collapse. You've just moved into a different type of keeping up with the Joneses, which is utterly, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we do want to underpin the point that no one is coming to help you, but I actually think that's a great thing because that means your outcomes... And far too often people rely, they have certain individuals that they're relying on, their judgment or approval. I, I need to do the following things so that I get the appropriate approval within my culture or my family or something along that lines. Personally, that's ridiculous. If you, and, and I think Gary Vee puts it the best way, that he thinks the number one problem with today's society is that people are looking for approval from other human beings. It's the number one problem we have in society is that I'm living my life or people are living their life so that other people will give it a check in the box. I'm comparing me to other preparedness individuals. Is my message better? Is my message as good? Does my stockpile look as good? Do I have the right access? Do I have the right firearms? Do I have the right skill sets and training? And it's a constant comparison and you're running down the road. And I think it's best encapsulated in, one, in a famous saying by um, David Goggins. If you don't know who David Goggins is, you can get yourself out from underneath a rock and Google it. He says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That's where life experiences really start. You have to suffer as a human being and you have to suffer through new experiences. And Nietzsche famously said that suffering is the path to growth. We cannot grow as a human being unless we put ourselves through suffering. I mean, we all have got a past, but I mean, I'm here to tell you, thank God we all have a future. So what I'm trying to say to you, the message is design the life, go pursue what you want to do, be unapologetically you in the face of this chaotic world, be yourself, dress the way you want to, act the way you want to, play the video games you want do the job you want to, do the things and be the person that you want to be each and every single day. And then you wrap that blanket of preparedness that we talk about in the previous 20 odd episodes of this podcast, and then you start living an incredible life. You start doing what you want to do instead of what somebody said you are supposed to do. And it goes back to, in my mind, some of the stoic philosophy that I've been reading as I'm a huge fan of you heard in this podcast of Ryan Holiday and how he brings us the stoic message in that life is really a dichotomy, right? It's a binary choice. Everything that happens in the world is what it is. We are the ones who decide whether it's a good or bad event. In other words, what do you control and what you don't? And you address the things that you can control as best you can. And those are generically put as, I control what I say and what I do, and I control what I feel. In other words, I am in command of my thoughts, my emotions, and my actions. And therefore, that is all I worry about. 
everything else that happens around me. I mean, I've got some opinions on the American election. I've got some opinions on governance and a lot of levels of governance across North America, internationally, a lot of international events, geopolitics, things that are going on. None of that's within my control. So I express my opinions, but I'll tell you, I don't lose sleep. I don't get upset. I don't lose control of my emotions because some outcome of an election didn't go the way that I think would be best for the country or it went away that I think is really great for the future of the country. Either one of those outcomes are totally ridiculous. I mean, I do not put emotional energy into things I cannot control, i.e. the feelings of somebody else, somebody else's emotional reaction to what I say. If somebody gets upset based upon something I said, unless I didn't use hate speech or hurtful speech, then their decision to become upset is 100% theirs and it's their fault. It's not mine. It has nothing to do with me. It is their lack of control of their own emotions that has put themselves in this position. And therefore, I don't lose sleep over it. And some people will say, whoa, you can't talk like that. And I said, guess what? Welcome to being unapologetically me. So nobody will sit here and tell you it's good to be hurtful and it's good to be hateful and it's good to be an idiot and it's good to be an imbecile and it's good to be ignorant. The point being is, is what education has taught me, and I'm now, you know, halfway through my third degree, and that doesn't make me a smarter person, but it makes me a better thinker. And what it means is I've now learned to put a filter between my brain and my lips. And funny enough, this is part of being a prepared individual. Because one of the key things that you learn in the early stages of preparedness and conflict management is de-escalation. So if you ever find yourself in a position where you're confronted with an angry individual in a high-stress situation, I don't care how big you are, how strong you are, how good your martial arts skill is, the number one skill that you have that is the most effective in a situation like that is your ability to de-escalate the situation, to bring the tension level down. That is a lot of education into human dynamics, groupthink, how human emotions work, how to manage and help other people with their emotional management without ticking them off. I, you know, that old joke, you know, when your spouse or your better half gets upset, just sit them down and tell them to calm down because everything will be fine. You just need to tell them to calm down and stop getting so upset. And we all know what happens when you actually try that. So that's not de-escalation techniques. So this is just an idea of, it get it's it just a skill set that I think you need to have and I think is an incredibly important. But moving on to the, the second last point that we're going to make today is it's never too late to press the button and pass into a new beginning. We have a life full of problems and challenges and it is never ever too late in your life. I'm near 50 years old in a couple of weeks and I'm starting a new business. I've started a podcast. I've reinvented my life. I'm studying and going down an avenue that has nothing to do with the 28 years of military service that I did. I'm reinventing myself. And anybody has the opportunity to do that at any age. And because you have that opportunity to do it, you have that choice of making fundamental changes. You can reinvent your life. You can relook at your life strategy. You are your surroundings. And, you know, many psychologists will say you are the sum of the five closest people to you. If you, under, if you don't understand why you're living the most happy, amazing life, look at the five closest friends you have around you and look at how they speak and how they act. If those people aren't unapologetically themselves, joyous and happy, 
uh, upfront and incredible individuals, then you're probably not going to live that type of life because you are a sum of those. So you're the sum of that. We had some uh, previous episodes on possession management and the role of physical items in the world. I am a minimalist, but I don't really say much about it that on this podcast because I'm not here to tell you to get rid of a whole bunch of things. For me, it works. Every physical item that I own has a purpose. Yes, I have a good wall and a bunch of sentimental items that I don't go to the extent of throwing away my sentimental items, but I don't have many of them. But I have a few that that mean a great deal to me. But all of my physical possessions, all of my clothing, all of my gear, all of my books for study, everything has a purpose. It serves what I'm trying to do. I have looked at my life and said, hey, listen, there are like 10 things that I'd love to be doing right now, but I have time for two. What are those two? And, you know, if you're an avid listener of this podcast, you will remember where I go way back in the first couple of episodes and we talk about Warren Buffett's way of looking at life and organizing one's life. He says to write down the 25 top things that you would love to do and then put them in order. And then in the end, you're going to end up with five and that's it. You're only allowed to have five. And those are those five things you're working towards, goals, shall we say. And and then you set up and you look at your schedule and you say, okay, everything that I do every day has to be in pursuit of one of those five goals, other than your basic human needs, showering, eating, that kind of stuff. But everything I do, education, work, leisure, everything that I, and relationships, people I love, people I hang around with, everything has to be in pursuit of one of those five goals. And when I reach one of those five goals, because if you don't reach goals, what's the point? I jump it and I replace it with another one. I always have five goals that I'm chasing. So everything that I do, uh, every leisure activity, everything is supporting in those goals. And the importance of that is, is that from my physical possessions, I, you know, I have very little. So sometimes I've gotten down to like 175. Sometimes I've gotten up over 500. I mean, set aside my long-term preparedness supplies that I have in my basement. You know, I probably don't have more than 200 individual possessions to my name. I don't live with a minimalist. My, my better half is a maximalist. Uh, and Louis Vuitton and uh, Yves Saint Laurent are good friends of mine. But the point is, is simply that I, I live my life. I, I don't try to persuade anybody else to be me, you know, because I don't want you to be me and you probably don't want to be me. I am unapologetically me and I will be that if I ever get the opportunity to meet you. I will 100% respect you until you prove otherwise. I treat everybody as a human being, but I'm unapologetically me and I'm going to repeat this all day. I have no problem being me. I don't change my behavior based upon the people that I'm around. I don't try to impress people. People will either like me or hate me, or loathe me, or however they want to respond. But again, it gets back to the Stoic principle. I cannot control how other people choose to react to my presence or the things that I say. That is completely up to them, and therefore it has no measure or effect on me and how I govern my life. And I think the Stoics kind of sum it up in in two famous um, um, phrases that I'm eventually going to get tattooed on my arms here. Uh, One is memento mori. And it basically loosely translates mean, you may die today. Let that guide your decisions and your choices in life. Uh, And for me, that's a powerful, powerful one. And really, in the last three months, I've changed the way I look at the world. 
more so because it's going pear-shaped, as we used to say in the army, and the world's on fire, and everybody seems to have their hair on fire, and everybody's running around in directions. So you know what I do? I have this great book, if you've ever seen it, called Keep Calm and Carry On. It's on my Instagram page, and my podcast setup is all there. But basically, every morning, I have my cup of coffee. I sit down, I stare out, and I watch the birds in the backyard. And then when I'm done my first cup of coffee, I sit down with this little red book, and I write a first couple initial thoughts of the day, and I lay out the plan for my day. What does success look like? When I lay my head in my bed at the end of today, what does success look like? I look at the calendar. What have I scheduled today? And I make up a plausible plan for the day, and then I set, go out and set ahead, and I execute that. It's about a process, and this is something that's exceptionally misunderstood by me. And I say that because I don't mean anybody else is as is, is ignorant as I was about it. It's it, how many times have you tried to um, do something in a very short order? How many times have you tried to lose weight in a very short order? I mean, memento mori is today, I, I, I may not make it to bedtime tonight and I don't know that. So I'm going to live a good day. I'm going to accomplish some great things. I'm making sure that something Every day I make sure I do something to put a smile on somebody's face. I don't know if that's the last smile I ever put on somebody's face, but it could be something as little as paying for the individual's coffee in the drive-thru behind me. It could be looking at a friend or family member, reaching out over Facebook. Um, it could just be a simple message. Hey, listen, you're an awesome person and, and, and I hope you have a great day or something just simple like that. But the other saying is amor fati. And it goes back to what I was saying before. It basically means accept fate, but it really means love fate. It means we're going to joyfully and courageously embrace all that life has to offer. Everything that is out of our control, which you know the definition of that, we're going to accept and celebrate. Somebody gets mad at me and screams at me, I'm going to celebrate that. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them. So Amor Fati says, I refuse to allow external stimuli to influence my state of being and my emotions. I am in control. In other words, there is quite literally nobody on the face of this earth that can make me mad. Don't misunderstand me. I can choose to get mad. I have human emotions. I feel feelings. Absolutely. But nobody makes me mad. Nobody makes me sad. Nobody makes me angry. That is a choice that I make. And I know I am in control of those emotions. I understand it. And therefore, I accept that. So Amor Fati and Memento Mori are two great ways to frame how you look at your life. So when you're unapologetically you, you make sure that you do the things you're going to do. And again, to wrap this up, why is this linked to preparedness? What has this got to do with my prepper stockpile? Because you as an individual in the preparedness movement are somebody who believes that there is a likelihood of some type of significant event that is coming that may cause a disruption to your daily life. And therefore, you wish to make the appropriate measures to ensure that you can ride that out the best possible. And if you're an individual who is unapologetically you, you've put an insulation barrier around what other people think of you, making meeting other people's expectations, living up to other people's dreams, trying to be the superhero to everybody, trying to get people to like you. And you realize that if I just be me, life will be so incredibly happy and joyous that you are in control of what I nailed in the last episode, which is your mental 
health. There is nothing more important to the preparedness movement than mental health. I will challenge anybody who thinks that mental health is sub to physical health, is sub to preparedness supplies. I don't care if you don't, if you do one step towards preparedness and one step only, it would be in control of your mental health health. It would take over command and control of your emotional state and therefore you will be far better positioned to make logical decisions in crisis and chaos moments which will lead to far better outcomes. I would prefer that anybody would do that before they even thought about buying a 72-hour survival kit. So thanks for joining us this week on Inside My Canoe Head in this new series on prepared life on this episode entitled Unapologetically Me. I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. If you have a comment, query, question, or you just want to know, uh, want me to know that you're out there, uh, drop me a line at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca, www.preparednesslabs. I'm on Instagram at Inside My Canoe Head. Twitter at Inside Canoehead. I'm out there. Reach out, find me, drop me a line, tell me what you think. Uh, remember stoicism, right? You can't hurt my feelings, so send it. Have yourselves a great day, and we'll see you next week.